2: Hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this Friday. It's the 19th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. And I've got some bad news for you. Oh, sure as well. There she is. The yeas are
3: 220. The nays are 213. The bill, Back Better bill is passed.
2: There it is. uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi spitting those words past her polygrip somehow and telling everybody that the most ridiculous, vile, reckless spending bill in American history has indeed passed the House of Representatives. How did did Kevin McCarthy describe that thing during his uh, marathon uh, speech
4: yesterday? Something like this. Are measures for more efficiency, better results, or just genuine accountability. This is the single most reckless and irresponsible spending bill in our nation's history. That's
2: what I was looking for right there, and I could not agree more. Yet, it is now uh, passed in the House of Representatives, and it heads over to the Senate, where the future, perhaps, of this country's economy, uh, the future of inflation, the future of our children and their tax burden, uh, is going to rest potentially in the hands of two Democrats named Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Joining us now to analyze and react to all of this breaking news on the Build Back Broke Brandon plan is our good friend Christina Hagan, <laughs> former Ohio State representative. Uh, she is our favorite commentator. She's with us every Friday. And Christina Hagan, good to have you back. How are you this morning?
3: You know, I am well every day that I wake up and know that there are good Americans fighting back against this insanity. Um, but never is there a moment where I turn on the news and feel good about the nonsense and just the complete insanity that is um, these people and a that good have been elected to represent us. In fact, if look at this $4 trillion package, um it's it's unbelievable what we're looking at. I mean, these people have lost their minds. Uh, they're throwing 2,465-page bills on people's desks, giving them less than 24 to 48 hours to review and pass something. It's the old Pelosi, read it after you pass it bill. I guess the only good news we really have in this heaping insanity and pile of garbage that they passed over the House of Representatives is that the radical progressives will likely at the end hold it hostage because there's no way the Senate will agree to this complete and utter bankrupting and crushing of America's plan. <laughs>
2: Uh, explain that further Christina when you say there's no way the Senate will agree you're confident that the two Democrats or at least one of them is all we really need to say no you're confident there will be no Republican turncoats uh, like a Mitt Romney for example or a Collins or Murkowski or anybody else and that mansion or cinema will side with uh, you know the nays on the Senate side
3: I'm confident that the Green New Deal agenda that has been so ramped up and jammed into this package that will cost Americans like you and like me three to six times as much money just to go to the grocery store because they've put fees and taxes on the head of beef and dairy and hogs, um, that it's going to cost us three to six uh, times more just to go to the grocery store on an already um, ramping up hyperinflated um, consumer cost index. I don't think... Anybody over there believes that they can survive the next election if they crush Americans with this type of insane bill. If so I look at this massive bill, and I think about just the Green New Deal, um, the climate corps concept, and just reading through some of these things, $10 billion for environmental justice college programs, $8.1 billion for environmentalist climate corps, huge handouts for the rich to buy fancy electric vehicles, $4 billion for tree equity, and charging equity, $85 million on climate and pregnant individuals, again with the insanity <laughs> of non-woman individuals being pregnant and carrying children, but also that they are somehow, uniquely when they claim to be a woman, more impacted by what they claim is climate crisis. Um, $50 million for bees and uh, desert fish. $20 million for energy diversity. $5 billion environmental and climate justice slush funds. I don't think anybody in good conscience in the United States Senate thinks that they're going to be able to return to their district if they launch this kind of attack on the American people. It's truly crazy. They're not only going after our fuel sources. They're not only going over after our pipelines. They're now attacking our literal nutritional capacity. Meat-eaters in the United States of America can no longer feed their family a handful of grilled hamburgers at any reasonable cost. The the hyperinflation that this kind of reckless spending will ensue, ensue will turn us into Venezuela. I don't think that they will pass all of what is in this bill. Um, if they were able to agree to something, it would be far less egregious. Yet, obviously, anything that's in this bill is egregious. They'll send it back over, and the progressive moderates, the crazies, and the other chamber, the Ocasio-Cortezes, who seem to be leading the way on crap like the Green New Deal, will never agree to the compromises. So I think the best-case scenario is we can count on them being so messed up that this will actually, hopefully, never come to fruition.
2: Interesting analysis. We're talking with Christina Hagan. She is, of course, a former Ohio State representative, and she's our uh, weekly column, our commentator rather, on Fridays uh, about the news of the day. Um, I'm concerned about this Um, I believe the the Democrat majority in the House stands at four, a very very tiny, tiny majority Um, and I understand that at least one Democrat did not vote for this and announced uh, that he would not vote for this, that was Jared Golden from Maine so that means there should be um, only a three vote majority to pass this bill if all Republicans stood firm But I just looked at the number, it's 220 to 213, it passed by seven, that means at least two or three Republicans voted to pass this thing in the House. I don't have their names yet. Um but what is your what is your thought on that, Christina? Can you talk about not being able to go back to their districts, not being able to go back to their states at least two or three Republicans, if my math is right here two twenty to to two thirteen means there's a seven vote majority uh, uh seven more yays than nays, and they don't have seven more Democrats than Republicans in that uh, chamber
3: yeah i don't I don't know that I can handle even knowing who those Republicans are at this point because we've been uh-huh. more. Been disappointed finding out that it was our local regional representative on many accounts casting the wrong vote um, with the wrong party and being a turncoat completely against our country's best interests and the future of this country's stability. Um, I I'll be very interested to learn who they are, but what I would suggest is they have no moral conscience if they supported this devastating bill that will inevitably lead to the ultimate destruction of our country. I mean, these are titled programs of normal working-class families, continued stipends. Um, They want to expand, of course, as always. They're trying to further their agenda of getting more time to indoctrinate our children um, by having pre-K universal uh, education all throughout the United States so they have one more year, one more year to manipulate um, and, and completely insert these perverse ideas about our country being evil and also gender confusion and the list to destroy tiny children. Um, but they have, I mean, they've succeeded through the last three generations of mind warping kids. And now they just want to do more destruction. Um, I don't know any Republican who could have voted for this in good conscience and will have a district to return to. I just don't see it.
2: Which is why probably somebody who has already announced their retirement and their uh, uh, intention to not run for reelection like Ohio's sixteenth congressional district representative, the one you referred to a few moments ago uh, he doesn't have to worry about answering to the to the voters uh, so i I would not be shocked at all if Anthony Gonzalez is one of those uh one of those uh, three or four Republicans who turned and voted for build back broke by Brandon um you talked at length there um Christine Hagen about, you know, the the Green New Deal and a lot of people are calling this the Green New Deal by by another name, by Build Back Better. Some might even say that, uh, and I've called this the Green New Deal starter kit because the Green New Deal is going to cost by the time it's all implemented in the way that, um, AOC and Kamala Harris introduced it in their, their respective chambers. I think we saw $93 trillion. That's not a misspeak. $93 trillion with the TR dollars. This is a four, four and a half trillion dollar down payment on that. I want to tie this to the assault and the attack on our energy, on our fossil fuels and on the energy sector that is forcing all of us to pay more money for gas and all and pretty much anything that we have delivered to stores because increases in fuel prices for us are increases in fuel prices for the truckers and the shipping industries that get us everything. This is, and I want you to react to this, Christina Higgins, John Katsimatidis. I hope I'm saying it correctly. He's the chairman and CEO of United Refining. He was on Fox this morning, and I want you to respond to
5: this. I, I think the American people are getting very, very smart. It's an attack. It started day one or week one when the Biden administration became president, and they shut down the pipeline from Canada all the way down to the Gulf Coast. And when they did that, it started forcing the prices up on fuel and. The attack on the uh, American oil industry, it's actually an attack on the American people because oil went from $40 a barrel to $80, $85 a barrel, and it may go even higher, and what happens? The price of food goes up 10 percent. And it's going up maybe 10, 15 percent. And the price of uh, clothing, the price of gasoline, the price of everything is going up. So who does it punish? It punishes the American people. They're trying to punish the uh, American oil industry. They turn down, they turn off the pipeline. They turn off their ability to supply Americans. Don't forget North America, Canada, Alaska. We've got 100 years of
2: oil i'll stop it there christina again you get the the point here in the message and i hope that people are seeing the puzzle pieces start to connect here Crush and destroy fossil, the fossil fuel industry. Make people so frustrated with $4 a gallon gas, $5 gallon gas, 60, 70% higher heating costs in their homes in the wintertime, and make them say, okay, okay, I give, give us whatever the, the Green New Deal is gonna give us. Give us solar, give us, give us wind, give us whatever it is besides nuclear that isn't fossil power, uh, fossil fuel power. That's kind of the goal here. You put the Build Back Better Green New Deal in, you kill fossil fuels and make Americans unable to pay their own bills, and uh, and that's the way they force this agenda, right?
3: It's disturbing to me, honestly, Bob, to think about because we were indeed energy independent less than a year ago. So for us to have handed control over to these people who wish to destroy, dismantle, and crush our way of life as Americans is deeply disturbing. And I just think about our safety and our security and our ability to even keep our homes or drive ourselves to work. And the gas price is ever increasing, ever crushing Um, their own appointed directors of these areas of government saying, Oh, we hope it doesn't do that. But they know very well, the intentional destruction that they're ensuing by Closing down pipelines. I mean, we knew XL pipeline was their main priority. I mean, not even seven days out of the gate. And the president of the United States canceled a major pipeline in this country and is now doing more to collapse additional um, energy infrastructure. So this is this is about forcing people beyond discomfort, but making us hurt, making us hurt in our homes, making us fear for the ability to heat our homes, to provide for our children, and for us to not even be able to access adequate nourishment and nutrition for our families so that the only answer, Bob, is the government. And they're training us right now. They're training us to feel comfortable with them putting money directly in our accounts. Oh, if you have one child, you get this. If you have three children, you get this. And by the way, um, this is the same party that has an agenda for abortion. So do we think we're going to look different? than communist China in a handful of years when they have, you know, a one-child role per house? Do we think that we're going to lose our freedoms on every front? Because we are. I mean, this stuff is wicked, evil stuff. I watched them completely kill the coal industry during my time in the state legislature. And although I thought it every step of the way and was demanding opposition, our own party members were in on the fix. I watched Governor Kasich, essentially roll out their plan. So it's it's disturbing um, as individuals. I think we need to be prepared for the worst-case scenario. We need to have plans for our families. We need to uh, store up food because they're going to make it real uncomfortable, and that's obvious by what they've put in into these massive spending bills. They know how much they cost. They tell the American people this will cost us zero dollars. They think we're stupid, but as uh, this gentleman just mentioned, we're not stupid. We're seeing all of it happen, and I said probably three or four years ago that establishment Republicans didn't think that we, um, the conservative bloc, could work a calculator. But they're seriously confused. We're very aware.
2: I'll tell you what, Christina, uh, let's keep the jury out on whether or not we're stupid. We'll find that out next November. If 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 the Democrats retain power, they will be right. We are stupid. The American people are too are too stupid to understand what's being done and how to stop it. If we boot them and put in a strong majority in the House and in the Senate that can undo the damage that bills like this cause, then we'll be able to say we're not stupid. We're getting right. Then the CEO that I just Amen. mentioned and you will be correct. So let's let's uh, right now the jury's out. It's up to us to prove our wisdom and and the uh, whether or not we have learned from our mistakes. Christina Hagen, former Ohio State. Representative, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. We appreciate your great analysis. God bless, Bob. Thanks. All right. 1025. We'll come back. Um, we had to reschedule former ICE director Tom Homan, which means we're guest-free the rest of the way. So guess what we have in front of us? Over the next 35 minutes, it's free for all Friday. You decide what you want to talk about, what question you want to ask, what comment you want to make. Fill up the phone lines right now. 216 901 and we'll be back.
0: Free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your App Store.
2: Okay, 1027 now. We have guests, or excuse me, we are guest free, so we have uh, open phone lines now, free for all Friday. Anything you want to talk about the rest of the way? If you want to talk about the bill that we just discussed with, um, Christina Hagen, we can do that. If you want to talk about the Senate forum last night, do you have your mind made up yet? Uh, are you Team Mandel? Are you Team Gibbons? Are you Team Vance? Are you Team Timken? Are you Team Moreno? Are you Team Pukita? Mike marks a long shot, but he's out there fighting every single day. Uh, did I say Vance? Uh, did I Team Dolan? Or what, who do you like so far? And you don't have to tell me if you you know if you don't want to. But do you have your mind made up? Even if you don't tell us who that mind is made up upon, uh, is your mind made up? Because for me, it's not. I like a lot of people and a lot of things about them in this race, and I want to make sure the right person is sitting in the seat that is currently being occupied by Rob Portman, much to the chagrin, in my opinion, of the people of Ohio. Because I don't think Rob Portman has served us. I don't think Rob Portman has done the right thing. His recent vote on the infrastructure bill for the infrastructure bill is another example. Uh, He's just not been the right guy for me from the very get-go, and I don't want to make that mistake again i cannot put a rhino in that seat opposite sherrod brown i need to have a true conservative in that seat so my mind is not made up on this field yet i'm curious to see if yours is uh bruce you're in medina and you're on am 1420 the answer Go ahead, hey sir.
4: bob thanks a lot for taking the call um uh, first of all I, I thought jack did a real good job last night although i would have liked seeing maybe some har- harder hitting questions and maybe some follow-ups um uh, yeah, I, I thought that um, uh, when Jane Timken said there was an audit done in the state, I don't believe that that's true. Uh, I think that ch- could have been followed up on. Uh, Josh was asked about giving money back. My under- he said I gave a million back to the Ohio Republican Party, and my my information is that there were a lot more millions sitting out there. Uh, I like I personally like the three business people: uh, Mike, Bernie, and Mark. Uh, I had private conversations with them afterwards, Mm -hmm. and I found them to be all uh, very uh, sharp, articulate, and measured in their responses. Um, I'd like to see one of those get in, and uh, that that was my feeling of, of the debate. I can't wait for the next one or the next few. We'll start to separate these people.
2: Great, great analysis, Bruce. Thank you for that phone call. I and I think there's going to be a lot of people like you who like a lot of things about some of these people, but maybe it's going to come down to, uh, you know, the business people, the people who understand the economy, the people who understand what it takes to be successful economically, uh, people who understand what what budgets are all about, uh, and maybe, just maybe, that's uh, is going to be what it takes. Uh, I love the red meat that I get from from uh, you know from Josh Mandel, who's pro Trump, pro America First, and all of the you know pro borders and so forth. Uh, does he have the chops from an economic or a business standpoint? That's something people have to ask. J.D. Vance certainly has a lot of experience in the business world as well. So does Bernie Moreno. Uh, they're both, you know, multi-millionaires. Uh, do they have the, you know, the, the hardcore conservative uh, uh, beliefs that we need to make sure that our Constitution and our foundational principles are upheld in that Senate? So I think there's strengths and questions in a lot of these candidates. There's only one or two that I would say are completely dismissed from my, uh, from my consideration at this point in time. And I'm not going to talk about who they are. All right, I am going to take a quick time out for news and come back to your phone calls on AM 1420 The Answer.
0: two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer
2: yes indeed 1039 now and we try to bring truth at you every single day and uh i think we succeed pretty fairly I want to hear from you now this next uh, twenty one minutes at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or triple eight two eight one eleven ten just super quick though I do want to tell you about a different story we have not heard uh, yet brought up. Overnight, I actually saw this when I woke up first thing this morning, Jennifer Gross, Ohio State Representative in uh, District 52. She was the co- uh, the uh, lead sponsor rather of House Bill 248, the medical freedom bill that would forbid um, lockdowns and mandates and so on for not just COVID-19, but for any future quote-unquote health emergencies. It would also uh, stop the discrimination of people if they don't have masks or they don't have vaccines and that sort of thing. So 248 seems to have gone by the wayside for a variety of reasons in the Ohio House. But she, she posted this overnight, and I saw it first thing in the morning, and I'll read it quickly. Not at all what I had hoped for, but today the Ohio House passed substitute HB 218. It includes provisions, most of which will sunset in 2025, such as preventing employers, schools, and institutions of higher learning from requiring vaccines, drugs, or other products that use mRNA, DNA, or other genetic technology that has not been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Allowing exemptions for mandates for medical contraindications, natural immunity, that's huge, and reasons of personal conscience, which is also huge. Specifying that an injury from a mandated COVID vaccine is eligible for workers' compensation unless the person receives compensation from the national vaccine injury programs. Banning entities from requiring people to show proof of vaccination to enter facilities or receive services, that's also huge permitting the emergency medical technicians with proper training to conduct COVID tests and extending civil civil immunity provisions for prior, and it got cut off here, my apologies. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to have that part. But at any rate, it, 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 it all sounds very, very promising and very, very positive, except for the fact that it does sunset in 2025. One would hope that it is something that should be common sense forever. But just a little bit of good news if you were looking for some. That passed through the House yesterday. It's got to get through the Senate. It's got to get to Mike DeWine. And Mike DeWine has to not be the pathetic wretch of a rhino governor that he has been and actually sign that bill. So do with that what you will as you head into your weekend. Okay, uh, we're going to go to Northfield. And that's Margaret. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Margaret, good morning. Go right
4: ahead.
3: Good morning, Bob. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of the house. we got some rallies going on this weekend, and I'm hoping that we have some patriots show up with flags and anti-jab signs. Big one in Barberton, and uh, that's going on right now. I just heard that Joe Glystone is down there, and that is, uh, let me see, that is on the intersection of 2nd Street and Wooster Road, so I'm inviting everybody to come down. Also, I've heard there's one going on uh, for the Cleveland Clinic and University Hospital downtown. And if anybody's not doing anything on Sunday, there is a rally um, in front of the Parvard Town shops at uh, Ridgewood. So please come on down make your voices be heard. Cool.
2: I am always happy to support activists that are peaceful and that are that are uh, you know uh, sharing good messages important messages about our constitution and about our freedoms that are under attack. So I'm so glad Margaret, thank you for that information and if people are able to get out and uh, take part in those things I strongly encourage it. Thank you so much for the call. Uh BJ in North Olmsted. Hey BJ, go ahead.
6: Thank you, Bob. In five and a half half weeks, we're going to go into 2022. And the plate is full for the American public to make a decision on what kind of country they want in the coming year. And that's where it's going to lay. It's not going to lay in the hands of the politicians. It's going to lay in the hands of we, the people of the United States of America. And my hope is that the awakening that's going to take place is the reality that for us to be free, we must be independent from families, families to politics, to all these different levels that we're speaking of. And my hope and and I and my prayer is that the younger generation is gonna be awakened to the reality to participate. The American public must participate in the salvation of the America that we love, and I thank you for your time and have a wonderful Thanksgiving if I don't speak to Th- you next week. Thank
2: you very lunch. much. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, uh BJ and um Two things. Number one, I hope I speak to you before Thanksgiving. We still have more shows next week before Thanksgiving. But number two, if you don't call, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Um, kind of interesting that you brought that up about the young people. I literally just saw uh, an email this morning from campus, I believe it's campusreform.com, talking about the awakening of young people uh, to the extraordinary cost of inflation. Uh, the costs that they are, do, are enduring because of inflation, and how they are starting to rise up and realize that this country was better off according to the surveys taken by Campus Reform. These are students on woke campuses, so if you get anything even close to being 50-50, that's a huge win. But if you get over 50-50, and you actually have the majority of them telling you that they believe that the country was better off under Donald Trump, that's massive. So you, to, to your point, BJ, when you say that you know you hope that the young people uh, of this country wake up because it is in the hands of we the people, that could be a very good sign. I'm not saying that's everybody. Obviously, it's a survey and it's done by Campus Reform, but uh, that is something that I I think is positive. Okay, let's go to um, Las Vegas. Is that right? Okay. Mike must be vacationing <laughs> in Vegas and probably from somewhere in northeast Ohio. But, Mike, you're welcome on the program. Good morning. How are you?
6: All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, the reason I called, uh, Bob, while well, it used to be located in Medina, Ohio, I am mm-hmm. a permanent resident here in Las Vegas, which is Clark County. It's a, it's a little California. And uh, the reason why I call, I, I get so irritated. Even um, Peter uh, yesterday was saying, we got to vote, we got to vote. You know, I'm 70 years old. I've been voting what I think conservative for a long time, only to be disappointed. And everybody's getting excited about 2022, I and mean, we're just going to be disappointed again. I mean, uh, Kevin McCarthy is nothing more but than another clone of uh, of Ryan, of Paul Ryan, and you know we'll go through the same thing. And I know something needs to be done. And I'm not sure what, but we need to reduce the size of government by 75 percent which is uh, the great sage of uh, Los Angeles tells us I mean they have control of everything they have control of our schools used to be K through 12 now it's all the way through colleges I mean they're they're not you know I I get, I get so frustrated with the critical right, right, uh, you know CRT mm-hmm. we can't even teach the three R's reading writing and arithmetic why don't we stick to that our kids are losing ground worldwide. And we know that we have, you know, we have good citizens like, you know, Mike Flynn is still probably broke and struggling, where McCabe has been made whole by the the Democratic Communist Party. He's got all his money back. He got his job back, his retirement back. And he actually committed a crime and Mike Flynn did not. And, And then you and I spoke about four years ago and I asked you about what you thought of the Convention of States. So I followed the Convention of States. I've gotten involved a little bit. I think at that time they had 12 states that were ready to go. There are 13 now, four years later. So even our states don't want to make changes. I mean, they like mm-hmm. it. It's a, our politicians are white-collar welfare. It's a gravy job. Why do they stay there till they're 85 years old, 78 years old, you know? But,
2: well, let um, me, let me anyway, respond that's... to some of that. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad you called. And, um... I, sadly, my ADHD prohibits me from remembering everything that you went through so that I could respond to all of it, uh, because sometimes that just happens that way when we cover a whole bunch of issues in one call. But let me respond to what I can recall. And thank you, Mike. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is not Paul Ryan 2.0. I think he's Paul Ryan light. I don't think he's as bad as Paul Ryan. Moreover, I think that even if he is Rhino or Rhino-ish, like several others that are in the House that are that call themselves Republican, most of them, if we get the majority, and especially if it's a significant majority where it can't be undone by a couple of rogues going, you know, with the Democrats, but if it's a significant majority, the most important and the most dangerous legislation and ideas and platforms advanced by the demon rats will will be stopped in their tracks if we are able to take this over next, next uh, November. <clears throat> Kevin McCarthy will oppose CRT Kevin McCarthy and the rest of the rhinos, if that's what you want to call them, uh, you know will will oppose uh, packing courts and expanding statehood and so many of the other most dangerous things that are going on, including trillion multi-trillion dollar spending bills. They will oppose those things now will it be perfect? No, of course not. Would it be better excuse me. Would it be better if we had true conservatives up and down in every single seat in the, uh, in the uh, Republican side of, of uh, the House of Representatives and of the Congress in general? Absolutely. But if we don't take back control, at least in 2022, of, of the Congress, um, we're sunk. It will be irreparable. We will not be able to repair that which is broken two years after it just, it, so much damage will be done if we don't get control of this now and make all of Brandon's build back broke nonsense, um, you know, get stopped in its tracks. Uh, if he has two more years of actual support from the Congress led by a Pelosi and a Schumer, it will be too late. We, we I, I really, truly believe that. We will have to start talking, as Ted Cruz did, about secession. We will have to start talking about separation. We'll have to start talking about uh, things that we haven't talked about in you know 200 years in this country. I don't ever want to come to that. I do believe that if we win this thing back now, one thing you didn't bring up, and I'll bring up just briefly about this, is... Can we win back the majorities in both houses or both chambers of the Congress without free and fair elections? And the answer, of course, is no, we can't. So that has to also be a central... um, a central issue or a central, uh, you know, a must-do. I'm trying to figure out the best way to to describe that on the to-do list between now and 2022, in the next 12 months, we have to make sure that every single loophole is closed and every single opportunity for them to cheat, the demon rats, to cheat in the election cycle again. In these ultra-important House and Senate elections, we must, must, must tighten those things up to make sure that we are as close to free and fair as we get. If we are even remotely close to free and fair, and that means we limit the amount of fraud. We don't eliminate it, because I don't think you can. But limit the amount of fraud that takes place. If we can do that, we will win in a crushing red wave. We will win a, a majority of 20 to 25 to 30 seats over the Democrats in the House. And we will probably pick up two or three or four seats in the Senate and lead by three or four seats there as well if we can just limit the amount of fraud, if not outright eliminate it. So I get you have no reason to not be as cynical as you were, Mike, in Las Vegas. I get the cynicism, believe me. I share a lot of it. But I also think there's reason for optimism to go along with that cynicism. And I think we can push through that. Thank you so much for that call. More coming right up after this. Final segment is always a short one, but it's good for a couple of phone calls at least at 1056. Rick in Illyria is the first one. Hey, Rick, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir.
6: Hey, yeah, Bob. Um, With the governor uh, postponing all of the uh, death sentences for people that deserve it, I'm not talking about the questionable ones, but have they ever looked in at being able to get the fentanyl and the drugs that are in the uh, evidence locker room that no longer need to be used to use those to put these people where they need
2: to be? <laughs> so you're saying use use fentanyl as the form of lethal injection to uh, to execute people. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't think they need to do that, my friend. And I will say this, by the way, and I'm glad you... you Thank you, Rick, for the call. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. You know, the Oklahoma situation, it's been in our newscast and everything else... Look, I am in no way in favor of enforcing the death penalty in a case where circumstantial evidence is used to get the conviction. Circumstantial evidence has been proven later on to be wrong in many cases, and death row inmates were freed. And once they are executed, you can't free them anymore. So I do not support the death penalty in cases where there is circumstantial evidence uh, that, that, um, that makes the case. If we are talking about known and obvious public crimes, for example, um, uh, active shooters in the theater in Colorado, active shooters in the Pulse nightclub, active—you don't understand my understand what I mean? Things where there is no question as to who did it and what they did and how it was public and so on and so forth. I don't want even lethal injection to be used. I want to go back to the electric chair. I want it to be just a little bit more of a price to pay than somebody being put unconscious like the way a patient is on a surgical table. And that's pretty much what they do. They give you one drug to knock you out so you can't feel anything, and then you give give you another drug to stop your heart. and And it's just like dying on the table in surgery. You don't even know what happened. I want real murderers who are real and child rapists who are real threats to society to die, and not in necessarily pleasant ways. I do not support it, however, in cases where circumstantial evidence is the deciding factor because you can't come back from a, a mistake like that. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Tom and Medina. Hey, Tom, you're next. Go ahead.
6: Hey, Bob, have you heard anything about the the lawsuit that's supposed to be filed with the Supreme Court? From the from various state attorney generals about election integrity that's supposed to be filed next on the twenty third.
2: I do not have any specifics on it. I heard just what you just said that there is a lawsuit that is being planned about election integrity on, on behalf of a number of states. I don't know where it's going. What I do know is that I'm not confident about it, and I'll tell you why, Tom. Thanks for the call. And the reason is is should be obvious. Every time we have had an election integrity or a challenge to the 2020 elections that we all know were fraudulent, that we all know were uh, you know we're we're just you know filled with uh, discrepancies and irregularities and so on and so forth. Every time we bring it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court kicks it before it can even be heard. I don't know why. I just know that's what's happened. So I'm not super thrilled at the prospect that it's going to go anywhere when it does come down. Thank you so much, everybody, for a great day today, a great conversation. Be well, stay free this weekend, and let's go, Brandon